Hey everyone, welcome to On The Line. My name is Addison and I'm a 15-year-old aspiring sports broadcaster. On The Line is a sports podcast that highlights the stories of high school and college athletes so you can get a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to be the best. and welcome back to On the Line. My name is Addison and today I'm joined by baseball player Oliver Ward. Oliver is a rising senior at North Creek High School here in Washington State and will be sharing about his journey playing baseball including what it took to make the varsity team his freshman year and any advice he would give to pitchers. So thank you so much Oliver for coming on the podcast today. No thanks for having me. My pleasure. Well how's your summer been? Uh, summer's been pretty good so far. Uh, baseball's been going really well, so you know I can't really complain about that. Nice, yeah. And were you able to play baseball last summer due to COVID, or did you have to take a break for that? Um, you know, usually a season for us during the summer is about 65, 70 games, but last wow. year we only got in about 15. So we, we played a little bit more than other people, but not as much as we wanted. Well, that's frustrating. I'm glad you're still able to play a bit, but that is definitely a lot less than your normal summer season. Well, let's get started with some of these questions. So how old were you when you started playing baseball? Um, I think I started T-ball. I was about three years old. Um, I think, yeah, I remember playing T-ball when I was three years old back in California. So. Oh, wow. And then how'd you end up in Washington? <laughs> Um, so I moved here in third grade. Um, my parents just decided that, you know, it was, it was time to move from Washington, uh, from California because, you know, mm-hmm. the droughts and everything, the wildfires. So yeah, it just seemed like a smart move. Are you glad that you ended up moving here? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, do you have like a cool story or funny story on how you were introduced to the sport? Um, you know, my parents, my parents just kind of decided when I was young that I was, I was going to play sports. Just, it was something that, Mm -hmm. um, like I should do growing up. And so that's, that's just kind of how I started out. They just signed me up for T-ball. We're just like, all right, let's see if you like it. And then, you know, now I'm all the way here. Right. And was it like love at first sight or did it take a while for you to get passionate about baseball? Um, I'd say, I'd say it took a while, you know, it was something, always something I kind of enjoyed, but to really like develop a passion for it. It definitely took a couple of years. And going off of that, at what point did you realize you wanted to play baseball beyond high school? Um, you know, growing up as a kid, uh, you always kind of tell yourself that you want to play in the major leagues. Right. But the time I really realized it would have been uh, freshman year, um, you know, playing on a select team and we went down to Arizona for a training camp. And then I kind of just realized after the first day, like I just played baseball all day and there, there's a chance for me to do that and get paid. And that, that's the kind of life mm-hmm. that I want to live. And so I kind of, I just, I just realized that baseball is really something I wanted to do with my life and uh, turn it into a career. And you will be attending Everett Community College, correct? Um, yep. And then what made you decide that route? Um. You know, I committed to a junior college a little bit earlier than most people. Um, I was the first recruit uh, in my class, but mm-hmm. I decided that, 
you know, it was a, it was a good fit in terms of, um, the coaching staff. And then also Everett has a really good program. Um, the, they just won out the North conference this year mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, they just have a winning reputation and I decided that's, that's the kind of competitive atmosphere that's right for me. Yeah. So were you, did you make this commitment before COVID started? Cause I know COVID kind of threw a wrench in the recruitment process for a lot of athletes. So at what point did you commit to Everett community college? Um, I committed earlier this year, um, in February. So okay. it was, it was after, um, you know, after the big lockdown, but still kind of during COVID. You made the varsity team freshman year. So how did you set yourself up for that? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing um, coming into freshman year is just um, kind of establish, establishing yourself in the program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had an older brother who was a captain, so that that kind of helped me out. But, um, you know, going to early morning weights, kind of developing that relationship with the coach. Um, so between weights and open fields, I think that kind of I was able to kind of establish myself within the program. And that, that definitely helped me for sure. Oh, for sure. And you were named captain as a junior. What do you think makes a good captain? And why do you think that you were chosen? Um, I think a good captain is just a guy with leadership, you know, someone that people, um, you know, kind of look up to and someone that other people can follow. Um, you know, when you have new freshmen every single year and they don't really know what to expect with high school baseball, you know, having someone that can kind of kind of comfort them and kind of show them yeah. the ropes. I think that's, that's definitely what makes a good captain. And um, I think that I was chosen because, you know, um, being on varsity since freshman year, I kind of know what to expect. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen the game. So I think that's why coach decided that it might be good to have me kind of show the freshmen, you know, kind of what to expect and get help them get ready. Yeah. And Correct me if I'm wrong, but making varsity team freshman year is not very common, especially at our school. Um, I mean, you know, usually you have like uh, one freshman who's like really solid. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have our uh, lower classmen are really good. So, I mean, it's 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 not super common, but, you know, it's uh, there, there's a couple of people who are definitely worthy. If there are some athletes listening whose goal is to make it, their freshman year on varsity, what advice would you give them? I mean, just get strong, you know, um, even this, this past year, um, you know, it was only a 10 game season with no playoffs. So some coaches used it uh, to kind of develop their lower classmen and you could just see the big difference, um, you know, with, uh, you know, physically. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd say just being, just developing strength kind of just gives you this huge advantage in high school. And uh, you definitely notice a difference in, uh, in your skill set. It definitely helps you improve. So I'd, I'd say uh, getting in the weight room freshman year is, is huge. Did you go in the weight room outside of like your team scheduled lift? Yeah, well, you know, we only have so much access to the weight room, having mm-hmm. to share it with, you know, all these other sports. So, yeah, um, you know, getting a, getting a gym membership too is, is very helpful. Okay. And you were telling me how you made the 18U team select team as a 15 year old. So how did you show the coaches and the team that you were capable of playing at that level? Well, you know, that, 
that was my sophomore year. So that was during the big COVID lockdown and short mm, season. Yeah. So I never really had that chance to prove it to my coaches in a game situation. But uh, when it comes to practice, you know, you just got to be the first person there, the last person to leave. You know, you got to work hard all the time. You know, uh, you can never really lose your focus. And so I'd say just uh, trying to, you know, be the best player that I could and just working as hard as I can. I think that was uh, that that's how I try to prove to my coaches that I was worthy. And as a baseball player, how do you think you stood out and showed those coaches like, Hey, I can play as a 15 year old on an 18 U team. Well, you know, I think, um, you know, working hard in the off season, it mm-hmm. definitely pays off during the, uh, during the summer. And so I think just uh, being able to show like, that work um yeah I'd say I'd say that was the biggest thing is just showing how it translates into a game Mm -hmm. how do you keep your pitching arm healthy so this example comes to mind I was listening to a podcast I'm not quite sure which one but Tom Brady was a guest and you know he used to be a very talented baseball player and he was saying how being a pitcher you know was harder on his arm than being a quarterback And I thought that was very crazy, but a lot of people say how hard it is on your arm to be a pitcher. So what steps do you take to make sure you're keeping that arm healthy? Yeah, you know, uh, there's a lot of of NFL quarterbacks that were actually drafted to the MLB, and I think Tom Brady was one of them. But, you know, keeping keeping your arm healthy is definitely tough. Um, There's so many different aspects to it. Um, you know, your actual shoulder, you have to keep that healthy. So doing like plyometrics, which is like weighted ball throwing, Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of helps, you know, maintain during the season. Um, but then there's also like elbow things because, um, you know, throwing is such an unnatural motion for your body, you know, your elbow kind of gets, uh, usually feel some pain in there. So you Mm got to keep that stretched out and you got to strengthen your forearm. And then, you know, even things like strengthening your legs that can actually help, um, with your arm health, just because everything is kind of like a kind of like a chain reaction. So if you have weak legs, then you're gonna use more arm, and then that's gonna that's gonna wear it down during the season. So um, yeah, really just conditioning every part uh, that that's kind of what helps you stay healthy during the season. Have you been lucky enough to avoid injuries, or have you faced some so far in your career? Um. So in baseball, there's this one this one surgery called Tommy John surgery. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of pitchers are known to get it. It's mm-hmm. uh, like a ligament replacement in your elbow. Um, I, I came close to it sophomore year. Um, I had the early stages, but um, I went to the doctor, started physical therapy and I was able to recover before I actually needed the surgery. But um, it, it was kind of a wake up call, just a reminder that even during the COVID lockdown, I still got to get my work in and still mm-hmm. stay healthy. So yeah, I, I came close once. Well, that's so crazy because you hear professional baseball players who need to get the surgery. And it's just crazy to think that as young as being a sophomore, some athletes are put in the position where they could potentially need that surgery. Yeah. You know, um, there's a lot of people, even in little league, you know, um, you just have, you have this one guy who, you know, has like a super bright future and your coach just over, overplays him all the time. And then next thing you know, he's, He's 12 years old and needs surgery. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And going off of that, what types of pitches do you throw? And since 
certain pitches are more hard on your arm. Is there a certain age when you start learning the different pitches to help prevent those injuries? Um, so the pitches I throw, I throw four seam and two seam fastball. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, those are, you know, fastballs, you kind of just throw them as hard as you can. And the two seam has a little bit of movement. Uh, you're just trying to miss the barrel of the bat with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I throw, I throw a slider, um, a little breaking ball. That's kind of like a, a swing and miss pitch that I go for, you know, yeah. trying to get a strikeout and then also the splitter with that too. Just get, um, you know, I try to get a late drop on it, miss a bat. Um, I'd say the hardest one on my arm is probably the splitter because it doesn't roll out of your fingers the way a normal ball or a normal fastball would. It kind of like gets stuck a little bit. Um, and so that kind of like, puts a lot of tension on your elbow. And so that's, that's probably one of the, the harder pitches to throw. And I didn't start throwing it until maybe freshman year. And that's still earlier than a lot of people. Um, you know, as a, as a pitcher growing up, you kind of, you hear that you should never throw a curveball in little league. Um, that's more so because not a lot of coaches at that level, you know, it's a lot of parent coaches, so they don't know how to yeah. teach you it. And so it's hard because um, you can't flick your wrist. That's kind of like the first thing that comes to mind is if you flick your wrist or get more movement, you yeah. get harder spin, more break. But mm -hmm. uh, that actually like just kills the tendons and ligaments in your elbow. And that's, that's what ends up leading to Tommy John surgery. So um, I'd say that they usually teach you curveball, usually like 13U or 14U. So that's like eighth grade for most people. Um, so yeah, that, that's still, it kind of depends on my coaching, but yeah, all, all pitches are different for sure. Do you ever kind of like live in fear that you will have to have that surgery? You know, it's kind of, it's kind of something that everyone faces at some point. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think there's a lot of, um, when people get to the, the pro level, um, and you know, you're throwing every single day, then eventually your elbow is going to wear down just because of how irregular throwing is for your body. You know, even if you have perfect mechanics, it's still, still going to wear down and then at the college level, you know, it's still, um, you know, a pretty harsh throwing schedule. And so, uh, you'll see a lot of surgeries there. And then, you know, so I think it's kind of, it'll, it'll happen eventually, but I'm just, you know, kind of dreading that day. Yeah. Well, hopefully that won't be for a while, but what are the benefits of playing on both a select team and a hi the high school team? Um, well, you know, uh, there, there's some select teams that kind of just go through the whole year and they're like, you're not going to play high school. You're going to play with us and we're going to go all mm -hmm. year long. Yeah. But, um, there's, there's a lot of select teams that take a break during high school. And so, um, you know, playing high school, you'll really be able to play for that full year. But, um, if you, you know, don't play high school, then you kind of have like that month and a half, two month break uh, where you're not really doing anything with a team or with a coach. Um, and then if you do high school, then, you know, you get a pretty short season. High school is normally 20 games with COVID. It was 10. And then uh, during the summer, you can play up to 60, 70 games. And, wow. um, you know, high school, there's, there's regulations set by the state on, you know, interactions between coaches and players and, yeah. Uh, you know, who can unlock the field and how often. And so, uh, there, there's a limit to how much practice you get, but with summer, you know, you could just, it, it's as much as you want. So I say that they both have their own benefits, but putting mm -hmm. them together is, is, uh, the best opportunity for, for 
for ball players. And is that something that most ball players do, or is that pretty uncommon to do both? Um, I say it's pretty common to do both. Um, I know there's been some seniors who are not super serious about playing in bit or playing baseball beyond high school, but you know, they still want to play because you know it's fun and they want to play with their friends and everything. And so they usually just do high school. Yeah. But um, you know, select baseball is a lot more expensive because you play more games, it's more training. And so mm-hmm. high school is uh sometimes you get people who only play high school, but yeah, yeah. Overall there's a lot of people who do both. So I saw that you throw 90 miles per hour. So what have you done to improve the velocity of your pitches? Um, you know, that, that's kind of the same as, you know, keeping your arm healthy, you know, um, you know, just working, working my shoulder, upper back, you know, strengthening those muscles, getting my arm stronger. And then, um, you know, legs and core, those are huge as well. And um, there's, there's so many things that go into into pitching, you know, um, it's not just how strong you are, it's how well you move and your mobility of all your joints. And so, um, you know, I don't know everything there is to know, but I just, I worked as much as I could in terms of, uh, you know, stretching out, getting stronger mm-hmm. and things like that. Earlier in the episode, you're talking about how you have a brother who plays baseball. So did you ever play on the same team with him at North Creek? Uh, you know, freshman year, uh, you know, being on varsity, we were both on varsity. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a pitcher. He was a catcher. So uh, we were lucky enough that kind of lined up, I think, yeah. maybe two or three times. But, you know, I didn't get a ton of playing time freshman year. So it didn't didn't work out too well. And it's some injuries. So oh, it wasn't, wasn't super common. Yeah. yeah. Well, what was it like the times that you were able to play together? Um, You know, you can notice a big difference in chemistry between – um. You know, being a freshman, mm-hmm. I don't really know anybody. So throwing to a catcher that I don't know him, he doesn't know me versus a brother. He's, he was catching me for like two or three years at that point. So, wow. um, you know, yeah, there's a big difference in chemistry. Um, and then also between pitchers and catchers, you know, um, catchers got to get used to how a pitcher's, how his pitches move. Mm-hmm. So my brother already knew that versus catchers. They knew what pitcher was coming, but they didn't really know what to expect from it. And so you could see. A big, a big difference there too. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but that's cool how that lined up that you're the pitcher and you was the catcher. Did he happen to move on and play baseball after high school? Yeah, he's actually uh, moving back to Pacific University down in Oregon. It's, it's a oh, deep wow. three there. That's awesome. And okay, this is just really random, but do you happen to know the LaBelles or are like friends with them? Oh, Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is so random, but a couple years ago, there was like a craft show at um, North Creek, and I'm pretty sure your mom bought me and Ava lunch, so. <laughs> yeah, very random. There's a lot of volunteering, yeah. Yeah, she's very nice, but anyways, um, back on track here. I saw this like Mariner special, and the players were talking about their mitts and how particular they are. One guy was like, yeah, I always buy the most expensive one and I like sleep with mine. Like they are very serious about their mitts. So are you particular with your baseball mitt that you use? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't have as much money as, as many players do. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a little bit of a budget there, but um, I'm pretty particular about it. Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot, some people prefer more higher quality leather for me. I kind of, I got like a decent quality, but you know, you can customize it and everything. So you can choose the colors, but yeah, I mean, everyone's, everyone's different. 
Um, there's like different brands from across the world. Some use like Japanese leather, some are like Italian leather, stuff like that. And then uh, some people feel like, you know, it's easier to break in or this one lasts longer. And so it's really just personal preference, but yeah, you kind of, you kind of get what you pay for when it comes to baseball gloves. So most people are pretty, pretty particular about it. Moving on to something slightly controversial, but throughout the years, there's been a lot of debate on whether or not MLB pitchers should be allowed to use foreign substances for a better grip. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, that, that's a tough question. Um, I think that I personally, as a pitcher, I think that some substance should be allowed. You know, I think there mm-hmm. should be some regulations about it, but um, I think that, you know, with MLB, uh, you know, baseball is kind of, consider like a dying sport right now and MLB is trying to make it like more entertaining and, you know, hitting is funner to watch than pitching. So they're just trying to load up the hitters. You know, there's been, there's also been controversy about um, them sewing the leather on the ball tighter, which makes the ball fly farther and harder. And so you see more home runs out of that. And uh, I think they're just trying to give hitters the advantage so they can get, you know, more views, make more money. So I think that if you really want to restore the game to its actual value, you kind of, you got to give the pitchers something too. you know, if you're going to change the baseballs, you have to help the pitchers throw the baseballs, you know? So yeah, I think that there, there should be something that should be regulated at the same time. Interesting. So since they're changing the balls to make them go further, does that make it harder for the pitcher? Um, it does. Yeah. So in terms of your actual pitches, it'll be the same, but hitters, you know, um, they'll hit it harder and farther. So, um, yeah, you know, you see guys who just throw the bat with one hand and end up hitting mm-hmm. the ball 20 feet over the fence. And, you know, that's just that that shouldn't happen. So that's very interesting. And this is all just to revive the sport almost. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not the MLB doesn't admit to making the balls mm-hmm. like um, tighter, but, you know, uh, a lot of pitchers in the league have called out the commissioner on it. And they're saying that, you know, you can't, you can't just change the game like that. And if you are just like announce this and everyone can adjust, but yeah. yeah. Well, do you follow an MLB team? Uh, I follow the San Francisco giants. Um, I grew up in that area. So I've been, I've been following them for my whole life. Yeah. I, you know, I really tried to get into baseball and I have to be honest, it's a slightly boring, um, yeah. but I keep trying, I keep watching it, but you know, some games are definitely more exciting than others, but yeah. my favorite sports football. And so it's like a lot slower paced for me, but yeah, I'll keep trying. <laughs> yeah. You know, playoff, playoff games are coming out and those are, those are usually more exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. I know me personally, like watching baseball, I really enjoy it and I still fall asleep sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one, but you know, being yeah. from... <laughs> the Seattle, Washington area, of course, I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch the Mariners. I've been told usually the Mariners games aren't as exciting. So yeah, the Mariners, they, they aren't great, but no, I mean, yeah. Do you think there's any hope for the Mariners? Um, you know, I don't, I don't really follow them too much. I follow the college a lot this year. Okay. Um, so I'm yeah. a little bit rusty on the MLB. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think the Mariners, I think they're doing better than they normally would or better than they were expected to this season, but I don't think, I don't think they're going to end the playoff drought this year. Yeah. I don't think so either looking at their record, but during this past Olympics, the U S team 
were like raving about how awesome these Japanese baseballs are. So have you ever felt one before? Um, I felt a Korean league baseball. And I think, uh, I think in Asia, I think they use similar baseballs. So I'm guessing that Korean and Japanese balls are going to be about the same, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've heard, I've heard that Japanese balls are smaller and lighter. So um, you know, I've seen a lot of guys that are my age in Japan throwing like over a hundred miles an hour. Wow. And then, you know, an MLB team picks them up and they come here and they're throwing five mile an hour, five miles an hour slower because the ball is bigger sick. and heavier and they're yeah. not used to it. So I think mean, there, there's a big difference for sure. I'm sure the pitchers liked it because you could throw harder with it. And uh, there's, you know, on the Korean baseball, the, the seams are like smaller too. So that, that kind of makes a difference on the way that the ball moves, you know, how hard you can hit it and how far it goes. So it's really, it's a whole different game across the world. Mm-hmm. And do you wish that we would change our baseballs to be more like the Korean baseballs or the Japanese baseballs? I mean, as, as a pitcher, yeah, you know, you could throw harder and, uh, you know, I think that would kind of help like revive the game, you know, mm-hmm. um, with the MLB trying to make it all about hitting. I think that, that, sure. would, that would be a good change. For sure. Well, the last question I have for you today is what has been your proudest achievement? Um, you know, proudest achievement, I'm, I'm probably going to say um, throwing 90 miles an hour earlier this year. Um, that was that, you know, 90 miles an hour, that's kind of like the big number that all pitchers mm-hmm. are for, you know, being able to finally achieve that, uh, I think was huge for me. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of helped me out going into the season, knowing that I was capable of it. You know, it kind of helped from like a, a confidence standpoint. But then also, um, you know, in terms of college recruiting, that was that was huge, too. Well, that's awesome. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I look forward to following your career, your senior year and then into college. But do you mind shouting out maybe your Instagram, Twitter, any other social media platforms so people can go look at that? Uh, sure. Yeah. My Instagram is uh, Oliver.w808. Uh, my Twitter is OliverBboard1. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again and have an awesome rest of your summer. And thank you to everyone listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of On The Line. I upload new episodes every Sunday at 12. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, and follow On The Line on Instagram, and all those links will be in the show notes. Thank you!